Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very senior and accomplished mentor and coach, Nicole Hyman from Zurich, Switzerland. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ash. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. Uh, Nicole is the founder and co-CEO of Hyman Svetkovic and Partners AG. Uh, she's a multiple award-winning executive coach. She's one of the 15 world-class mentors in 2021. She's been named among the top 20 learning professionals in 2020. And she's an author of a book titled How to Develop the Authentic Leader in You. So Nicole, let's first talk about your journey as an executive coach. What made you become a coach? What made me become a coach, Asha? I, I think it's, it's purpose. It's mm. been calling me from a very early age, I would mm. say. I think when I was a teenager, I always knew I wanted to work with people. Mm-hmm. And actually, my dream was to uh, study psychology. Okay. But my parents didn't think that was a good idea back okay. then. They mm-hmm. were like, no, everything, but not that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I did a business to business marketing in Brussels and uh, worked in the chemicals industry. Mm-hmm. And um, then we moved to Switzerland mm-hmm. for the career of my um, ex husband in the meantime. And that's the period when um, I had to find myself again because I gave up my career, okay. moved yeah. with a three week old baby. And then discovered that I love being a mom, I love my children, but I, I missed the meaning of work mm-hmm. life because I've always loved to work. Very interesting. So that's when um, I started to look for what, what do I do? I have this chance to recreate, to reinvent myself, basically. Right. And... Um, yeah, I think that was the start. It, I, I went back to this call of psychology. Then the first education I did was, um, was uh, based on clinical psychology. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then many others followed. So that was the beginning of my journey as a coach. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. So Nicole, you know, when I was growing up, coaching was something that was either done by a family elder or someone who took a liking for you in the company, someone who was a senior manager. What has changed over the last so many decades that coaching has become so relevant and that people are willing to pay for it? Mm. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that it was done in the family and by friends. And Mm. I think it really shows that we all need someone. Mm -hmm. And it's often a sentence or one yeah, moment of awareness mm-hmm. that really changes the course of our lives or of our careers. Okay. And, and probably the reason that executive coaching today is so uh, in demand mm-hmm. is because everything around us goes faster and faster. Mm-hmm. I believe we no longer live in the times that we had multiple generations living in one house. Mm-hmm. We're much more living in, in isolation these days. Mm. And um, the only way to grow is really with each other. It's okay. very hard to do by ourselves. Mm. 
Mm. So, and to give that a structured process uh, has, has incredible value because there is intention in the process. Mm. Whereas when it happens with family member or someone who happens to talk to us in a moment, mm-hmm. it's like a strike of luck. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we decide to invest in ourselves and in growth and a coaching process, it becomes an intentional process with a much more increased awareness. Very interesting. Well said. So, Nicole, you're, you're a coach and you're also a world-class mentor. Tell me what is the difference between mentoring and coaching? So in my experience, Ash, mm-hmm. um, coaching and, and mentoring in a process, um, they somehow come together. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's more coaching, sometimes it's a little bit more mentoring, whereby um, the majority for me in my coaching processes is still the coaching. Okay. I think um, mentoring is more like the giving advice. It's more mm-hmm. sharing the own experience that we have made with, uh, with employees mm-hmm. or with our clients. Um, whereas coaching is really the process of facilitating that the client finds their own answers. Mm-hmm. And uh, we keep our own experience truly out of this process because mm-hmm. it can always be a projection. So when they merge, uh, what I believe is important is to also be transparent with it and say, okay. this is, I have the head of a coach on now. And if I step into the shoes of a mentor, this is what I would advise you um, based on that experience. So very different processes, very different heads. Mm-hmm. I think both very valuable um, as long as they are uh, brought in a transparent way. Fascinating. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you have spoken about or written about the seven dimensions of leadership intelligence. Tell me about these and also how are you using these in your coaching? Yes. So, the, yeah, so I, I wrote my book, How to Develop the Authentic Leader in You. And this process is based on integrating the seven dimensions of leadership intelligence. And, um, you know, you hear a lot of values-based coaching or emotional intelligence coaching or um, heart-centered. And I, I found that the process really is an integration process of seven dimensions. And it starts also with the body, the physical dimension, because our presence is really in our body and being aware of the body is incredibly important, also feeling our body. Mm-hmm. And at executive levels, often people do not even feel themselves anymore mm-hmm. because they're so in their heads. And then, of course, the emotional intelligence, which um, heart intelligence, listening to the heart and mm-hmm. being aligned with the heart, body, and mind, mm-hmm. incredibly important. Um, then Pragmatic intelligence, so uh, really the pragmatic things, vision, strategy, and Mm. all of these are an important part of of who we are as well. Mm. Then I integrate a lot of uh, communication intelligence, because everywhere we work together, communication always poses its challenges. So how do we communicate authentically and really influentially and in our power? Mm. And 
with the in the latest years the research of the neuroscience is really incredible and integrating that dimension understanding our brain understanding what happens when we go in overwhelm how do we get back to um to our prefrontal cortex where all uh, the cognitive thinking and clear thinking takes place is, is an extremely valuable part of the process. And then my, my favorite probably is working with the consciousness intelligence of uh, leaders, like who are you, who are you really? And, and what is your essence? And what happens when you start to give this essence more space? Mm. Um, so the, the big question, who am I, is, uh, is a huge one. And it's really all these dimensions that come together for me in the coaching process that, that allow um, yeah, this process of authenticity, which really is becoming free of everything that holds us back, mm -hmm. of ego parts that work against us, of um, false belief systems we carry inside us, and, and so much more. Fascinating, very yeah. fascinating. And uh, when you were researching these uh, seven dimensions, did you speak to a lot of people? Yes, so um, one part is, um, over all these years, I have been continuously investing in myself. Mm -hmm. So, um, through all the trainings and coaching educations and retreats I have been doing, I learned, I, I learned so much. And everywhere um, I took something with me or something um, brought me again a step further. Mm. So um, it's when I sat down and thought, well, how do I coach? What's really happening? Mm. I discovered in the process, the seven dimensions. And then um, I have been working with these with my clients very consciously. Mm -hmm. So, and it's it's a very powerful process of integration. That correct, happens. correct. And uh, would a leader have uh, multiple dimensions of leadership? Yes. Well, I think if we think in the seven dimensions. Um, they all blend together, if you like. Sure. In the coaching process, I will point out we're now working or the work we did was in this dimension and mm. give some more background of what we've been really doing. Mm. But in the end, it is what makes us who we are. They kind of melt together. Correct. The more integrated we are, the mm. more authentic we become, the more... Uh, presence, the more presence we have, mm. more sovereignty, the more inner peace we will experience. Mm. And I've noticed that it doesn't work when we work in one or two dimensions only. It's really because they're all connected. Correct. They, they are all connected. We cannot look at them separately. Very well said. You know, and uh, I mean, just I'm mentioning this uh, out of interest for you that uh, the dimensions of leadership are also mentioned in five, 6,000 year old Hindu scriptures. And mm -hmm. I will send you separately some more information on that. But uh, Nicole, tell me, uh, you know, when you, we all talk about a good coach, 
and how a coach works with uh, their coaches. From a coachy perspective, mm-hmm. how do they determine that I have a good coach? From the coach's perspective, well, I think it's the experience of growth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and, and growth in the sense of they become more successful, more influential, but, and this is the main thing, also more happy. More mm-hmm. and, and they feel the integration. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and this, yeah, I think, this is really the, the experience of expansion mm. and feeling your own growth and having it validated by others. Um, I think with, with my clients, I always have check-ins with their stakeholders. And when then they hear that people see the growth and, and formulate how they have grown and, and say, oh, I saw you doing this differently and that's really awesome. That, of course, empowers the whole process. So um, integrating stakeholders in the process is always a very nice. Very interesting. Very interesting. So, Nicole, let's now move on to uh, coaching for the young. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I always say that uh, the young people in the world, the millennials and the Gen Zs, uh, are now coming into leadership roles in large organizations. And I think they are... Uh, going to correct uh, a world which my generation seems to have messed up completely. (laughs) But I wanted to ask you, you know, you work with so many different people as uh, their coach. What are some of the areas that the young people, the millennials, the Gen Zs uh, need to be coached in? So, you know, your perspective on what, what areas they should be coached in. If I had to pick a couple of areas... Um, I would say coaching on influencing um, multiple generations. Mm -hmm. Um, They are very, very connected to purpose and Mm -hmm. they want leaders to have a mission. Mm -hmm. And that is great. And it sets free an incredible amount of energy. Mm -hmm. Um, Where they can grow is how do they better engage and more powerfully engage the senior leaders Mm -hmm. in the processes. Because there is typically a a big gap. Mm -hmm. And to add on to that, I don't think it should be only the younger generations that need coaching there. Also the senior leaders uh, need coaching there Mm -hmm. to to bridge that gap because it's a very important one. Mm -hmm. Uh, One more question on coaching before I move to your book. Uh, You know, you have worked across multiple cultures. Mm -hmm. Uh, How does culture impact coaching? Yeah, this is an interesting question. So I've worked in, um, in Japan, in China, in the Middle East, mm. the US, um, with many, many different cultures. Um, my belief has always been that culture is not a boundary. Mm. I have always connected with people in every culture, mm-hmm. from human to human. Uh, with respect for the cultures they live in. Mm-hmm. And um, so um, I believe if we have a belief like this, there are no boundaries mm. of our culture. Okay. 
and we can be as effective with any culture. Okay. Okay. It is when we start to believe that oh, the culture is going to be difficult, mm -hmm. or oh, um, it's here where we start to set ourselves up for failure. Very um, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So, Nicole, let me now move to uh, your book, How to Develop the Authentic Leader in You. Uh, tell me about your book. Yeah, so um, I've been passionate and um, around authenticity for as long as I can remember. Mm -hmm. And it became really my, my angle in coaching to coach people into their full authentic inner power um, mm -hmm. and that's what the book is really about so mm -hmm. it the whole process that I use um, it also uh, describes how how can we get access to this inner power mm -hmm. and what inner power mm -hmm. what is it and it's this moments where we get access to our inner wisdom, mm -hmm. to our creativity, and to these deep levels of trust. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, a lot of people have cut themselves off of that part. Mm -hmm. I believe in leadership, we need leaders who are connected to inner wisdom, trust, mm -hmm. creativity, because if we take decisions only from the rational mind, they might not be the wisest ones. Hmm. So um, what you're, what you're yeah. saying is that your seven dimensions of leadership are also a function of authentic leaders. Yes, definitely. So, so it's first um, starting through a process of awareness hmm. and focused attention. And then it's a process of integration, integrating these seven dimensions of leadership. Hmm. And the more integrated we become, the more we become um, connected to our essence, to hmm the part that is free of ego mm -hmm. and, and wounds etc mm -hmm. the more influential we become the more at inner peace we become and um, so it's not that we become free of ego parts mm -hmm. as a leader I want to know am I connected with my ego parts now how can I shift to my more powerful parts mm -hmm listen to the ego voices and use them as an advisor or not mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and we can listen to what our wisdom has to tell us and then make balanced decisions so it's really becoming aware of um, the complex human being we are mm -hmm. simple straightforward way mm -hmm. and work with that work with all these parts Okay. And, and, and a leader who has overcome her or his ego yes. um, and is uh, operating from wisdom, will they be seen as strong leaders or weak leaders by their teams? Well, they will be much stronger. Uh -huh. So why? Because when we go beyond the ego, we are more free. Mm -hmm. which means we will lead with more clarity. Mm -hmm. We will be able to set more boundaries, mm -hmm. which are needed if we want a healthy work environment. Mm -hmm. And we will be more at peace because we are knowing we are doing what is right. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So when ego pops in, for instance, um, if let's say we have an ego part that wants to be liked by all other people, mm -hmm. if I'm connected to that part as a leader, I will lose my clarity. I will lose my boundaries. And I will not be seen as a strong leader. We also have other ego parts that want to take power, of course. Mm -hmm. Then um, we might be seen as tough, but not as authentically strong. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. And uh, my last question to you uh, comes from your last comment. What is the difference between a tough leader and an authentic leader? Mm. Yeah, so... Uh, a tough leader, I would say, is disconnected from uh, from the heart, from the emotional intelligence. Okay. It's, uh, they will not allow themselves to feel anymore. Mm -hmm. Let me give you an example. Mm -hmm. I once was coaching a leader who had to shut down uh, a plant mm -hmm. in a country. And um, he really went into the toughness because he did not want to feel the pain. Mm -hmm. it his decision, his board had taken that decision, he had to, to basically do it. Sure. But of course, it's, it's very sad for many people, and not only the people who lose their jobs, but it affects a lot of families. Right. So in the coaching session, he came really like very stiff and stone-like, like, I have to protect myself, I have to be tough. And, um, and so we coached him on, no, you are allowed to be human. You can do this with compassion. Mm -hmm. It's okay. We can um, close this plant mm -hmm. and you can be compassionate and holding these people in their dignity and respect. And when we do it in that way, we are much more authentic, human. We connect from human to human with the people, even when we have to do difficult mm. and, yeah, difficult things. Mm. Um, so, so it's, I don't see a contradiction mm -hmm. in doing what needs to be done and allowing ourselves to do it with humanness and compassion. We do not have to become um, numb, feelingless people and treat the others as objects out of something inside of us that wants us to believe that we have to be tough to protect ourselves. Very well said. Yeah. Nicole, on that note, uh, I would just want to thank you. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for talking to me about your entire experience as a coach. Thank you for talking to me about mentoring, about the seven dimensions of leadership, and about your book, uh, how, to be a, how to Develop the Authentic Leader in You. So thank you again and good luck. Well, thank you. It's been a delight to be with you, Ash. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You videocast and podcast platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. 
just search for the brand called you